listening to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch, episode 366. My name's Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Wayne, to discuss the third and final season of the German Netflix series, Dark. Dude, is it hot enough for you? Uh, <laughs> you know, it's funny today that um, I had forgotten to warn my 19-year-old son that we were recording today, and I usually record down in the basement, which is where his quote-unquote bedroom is now. I didn't give him the heads up, so I felt bad about interrupting him at the you know the the, the bright and early hour of ten thirty. So um, I just set up in our our bedroom upstairs, and it is effing hot up here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In the studio, actually, it's it's seventy eight now in the studio, which isn't as bad as it will get later in the day. But uh, yeah, man, I mean, it's like no let up in sight, and. You know, mid nineties in in Maryland here, we get mid nineties a few times a summer, not like thirty days straight, which is what it is looking like. Yeah. Well, welcome to twenty twenty, the year of joy and happiness, one day after another. Yeah, and (laughs) uh, I don't know. You know, the apocalypse isn't sounding so bad right now, but. (laughs) All right. Anyway, so as we said last time, we're going to temporarily table our what we're watching tip of the week segment because we have so much dark to talk about. And it's funny because do you remember the final scene? Claudia comes to see Adam. Mm -hmm. The writers missed a golden opportunity. Hello, Jonas. Hello, Newman. Yeah, right. (laughs) <laughs> oh okay yeah. so i guess you had to be a seinfeld fan to to get that right. one but, but they still uh, had the kind of the um you know the the continuum moment where he looks at his hand and says what the you know well you, you know it's funny you mentioned continuum because a, a quote from continuum just really stuck in my head over the last few days and that's when escher who is mark sadler tells kira Time travel is not just some technological marvel, Kira. It's the family business. <laughs> and that's kind of what we have with with Tan House, or or so it seems. Right. And and you know, I, I read a Reddit post the past few days related to this episode, and it just kind of crystallizes dark for me a lot of the time, and, and I'm sure for a lot of the fans of the show. Either the writers are genius, or or I'm just effing stupid. <laughs> and you know, it, it's watching it as many times as I watch it, and and we'll talk about that in a sh- podcast down the road uh, about our viewing habits and and how we prepare for the podcast. But I, I do have a better understanding. But then there's just so much I don't understand. And as I said last time, I I just can't let go of the fact that at some levels it's maybe getting a little bit needlessly complex but we do know that the writers listen to our podcast because what did i say last week i have a difficult time figuring out what year we're in right so episode seven they give us the mammoth blocks of the year each time the scene changes right they uh they they took their little uh, spherical time travel device and went back and edited the whole 
uh, episode to make sure that the, the years popped up. Yeah, well, I mean, they did it with the calendar, so they heard my concern <laughs> and they they handled it. So, uh, and I did love that technique, by the way. Um, yeah, that was cool. You know the you know the other thing that occurred to me as I was watching this is Game of Thrones and the complaint of many fans that oh they just rushed the final two seasons. <laughs> I don't know how much more you could rush at the end of Dark. And I don't know if they planned to spread this out over a fourth or a fifth season. I, I mean, certainly they could have. They throw right. a ton at us in this episode. And that's okay. I mean, did you feel that? No, well, I mean, I, I think I, I, I agree with you in that a lot of stuff happens. A lot of big stuff happens. And that certain characters like, let's say, Hana. Uh, are maybe ultimately underserved, you know, as far as what what she's been doing, what got her to this point. As far as, especially the Game of Thrones comparison, I didn't feel that way with this, just because I I, I just think here events are just kind of ratcheting up because we're getting close to the end. Um, Whereas in Game of Thrones, there was just, it just felt like there were so many elements of the story that just weren't getting served at all like like big parts and then just the 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 eventually the the two facile conclusion i guess was the the thing i guess you know i I was actually did not really have that big of a problem with game of thrones as, as other people do but i i did agree in that very last episode it just seemed like they're just like all right that's that, you know, like, let's just come up with some kind of crap and throw it up on the wall and let's go home. I'm tired. Yeah. Well, I didn't have a problem with Game of Thrones either, but in terms of dark, for instance, the, the question of future girl and who is she? So in this episode, all right, we learn she's the daughter of Hannah and Egon, and she was conceived in 1953 thereabouts. We don't know when she was actually born. I mean, she was obviously right. born nine months after she was conceived, but we don't know what year right. Hannah was in at the time. Uh, we learn that she runs into, and I'm making air quotes, Bartosh in the woods in what is it like 1892 or something like that but but we know she's been sent back from the future because we see her bury her radiation suit right well uh, just so, kind of superficially cover it she didn't she didn't do a great yeah. job burying that but i guess maybe in the future she just never had much opportunity to dig right right so uh you know things like that which i like that we got the answers as you said there are a lot of things that still have not been addressed and and likely won't be because we've only got you know uh, one episode to go adam's montage voiceover which of course happens toward the end of the episode but i really feel like it's something that kind of hangs over everything there is no man without guilt None of them deserve a place in your paradise. And, of course, we, like the characters, are questioning, well, what is this paradise we keep hearing about? Uh, it certainly sounds like heaven in terms of the Christian idea of heaven. Uh, is it a state of mind? And then who is the your 
to whom he refers. Now, now maybe it's just in speech that you know you keep you're talking about paradise, your paradise. So as opposed to a paradise that he controls or Claudia controls or Eva controls. So I just that whole idea of guilt and deserving a place in paradise and you know we talked a little bit last time about it seems to be evolving into this giant deadly chess match and of course what we see a lot in this episode is that the pieces have to be placed in the correct time period for adam or eva for for their plan to succeed and well, yeah, Again, it, it, every, it, it seems like if, in the chess match, I just came out of this image, is like the one player wants to keep all the, the pieces where they are and not move any of them, and the other player wants to just wipe all the pieces off the board. Yeah, and and certainly everybody is a pawn except for Claudia, and, and I was trying to come up with a, an accurate analogy because on the one hand, it's easy to say that well, Adam's the king and Eva's the queen, but it's almost as if they're both kings in these parallel games that are going on. And perhaps Claudia is the queen, which is the most powerful piece in the game of chess. Mm -hmm. And we do know we, well, we had two Claudias. Well, we still have multiple Claudias, just they're (laughs) Claudia from the prime world. And and that's a, awesome scene as well yeah how much of a burn is that have you ever met your older self and she knows she's got the gun man like wow (laughs) yeah um what'd you think of that opening scene what is reality and you know i guess we get the 70s version of tan house explaining schrodinger's cat and you know i think most of us are familiar with schrodinger's cat and and that thought experiment as he explains it but you know, as I watch it multiple times, isn't it kind of if a tree falls in the woods and no one's there to hear it, exactly. does it make a sound? Because, <laughs> and, and here's the, well, the thing is that, well, in reality, ultimately, you know, while that cat for a bit does exist in two states, but once you open the box, it's going to be one state or the other. And those two, two states will cease to exist. Whereas with Jonas here, um, I feel like the box has been opened. And yet he still continued to exist in two different states. The mantra that 74 Tanhouse is espousing, what if the simultaneous existence of life and death also applied to the macrocosmic world? I mean, you know, the world that we're right. living in. Could we split time and allow it to run in two opposing directions? So I guess he's just asking, is the multiverse possible and the answer and, is yes apparently uh, well within the world of dark it is uh, absolutely right well and, 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 and then here's the other thing are and I, I believe you've read this issue before are we considering that there's more than two worlds at play here right he sets up shop in the the bunker in a bunk well i guess in the bunker but we've seen the other two bunkers in both the other well what i'm saying now the other two worlds and that's not it. Right. The, well, the door opens differently. It doesn't open side to side. It opens, you know, bottom to top. 
so to speak. So I don't think it is the same bunker, and, and, and certainly that's another issue. You know, the whole idea that the cat can survive alive and dead – well, okay. I mean, Jonas is alive, but Jonas is dead. I mean, we get that. But the other interesting thing is that adult Jonas and and one of the posters in the Facebook group, or maybe it was one of the feedbacks we got suggested going back to referring to him as the stranger, which is a good handle as well, but he is still Jonas. But he makes a comment in this episode that certainly implies that he doesn't buy into the multiverse theory. And we understand that he hasn't experienced it. Dude, you've experienced time travel. Yeah, right. The multiverse theory (laughs) isn't that. He's kind of experienced it because Marta came back and it wasn't the same Marta. And she knew who he was, though he'd never met her before. So that seems to be pretty solid proof there. Well, so, so she tells him. But... You know, th- this episode was really kind of difficult to compartmentalize. So we'll do our best. But I mean, one of the main stories is Bartosh's journey. We get that split screen with dark coat, short haired Martha about to go into the Conwald house when one of them is stopped by Bartosh, who tells her Adam lied. And, and of course, the apocalypse is happening in the background. He pulls out the brass orb. I know the origin, spirits her away. So, you know, we get that visual confirmation uh, about what happens in the two parallel timelines within this world, that in one she goes in and saves Jonas, and the other he runs to the basement. But Mm -hmm. So I guess the thing with the brass orb, before I go too far into the weeds, the brass orb can travel through time, and between worlds. And, and that's the only way to travel within the multiverse right. is that brass orb. Apparently so. Nope. Well, um, yes. Right. I was just thinking about the last week, the, the cleft lip trio, but the, the two of them, <clears throat> the, the older and the younger one just travel through time. And then the, the middle-aged guy takes the orb. So he goes through time and, and space, I guess. Right. Um, so, so yes, the, the orb. So, which also goes back because I challenged you as saying that it was superior technology and apparently it is superior technology. One of the things this episode does for us, and this is kind of what I was alluding to at the beginning of the discussion, is it flashes back to our characters and how they have been dealing with whatever time period they're in. And, and the fact that Bartosh, Francesca, and Magnus have been taken, and you might have said this last time, from 2020 and put back into 1888 with no cell phones, no Netflix, no TV. Uh, it's got to be pretty much of a shock. And while the on the one hand, they probably believed Jonas when he said, I can fix this, I can get us back. And then, of course, when Martha gives him the cesium, you know, they're probably feeling a lot more confident. But it's now 1890. He's still working on the device. Uh, he's wearing, I guess, an early version of the yellow suit. I mean, it's not yellow at this point. Yeah. But that, that whole challenge that Bartosh is basically fed up, and we assume he's speaking for Francesca and magnus as well i just want to go home 
I, I, I'm sick of the 19th century. And yeah. you, you under, well, he was. Yeah, he wasn't. Yeah, well, yeah, well, right. And if the portal works, we can use it to find the origin. But you know, this whole idea of the origin, and I mean, you know, we know at this point, well, it's the child that's growing within Martha. But okay, but, but is it though? Well, is that, it though? I mean, I mean, because I don't know. At the end, Jonas is very surprised that he is still there. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so, like you said, once again, his attempt to find the origin has led to you know a tragedy for someone he loves and things not changing even a little bit. Right. I- I- exactly. So, does it speak to that scene with younger Noah when when younger Jonas? tries to hang himself from the very same rafter that his father michael hanged himself right. um and and you know the explanation that well your your older self exists you can't kill yourself and if yeah. and if somebody else tries the, you know something will intervene well does that mean that adam that there's an, a version of Adam that's even older, or is it just something even more complex than that? But, well, and it goes back to what, you know, like, I mean, Noah has actually a pretty good demonstration of what he's saying as he says, here, you want to kill yourself? Have my gun. Oh, gun doesn't work. Noah takes it, points it away, fires it. Gun works perfectly. We saw that before, ironically enough, because this is the same trick that will that will lead to noah's death right he brings a gun he tries to shoot adam gun doesn't work agnes takes the gun shoots noah gun works fine and and this also you know harks back to what we had said about orish and katarina's efforts to undo time and to return mickle and everything that that you know they're thwarted at at every at, at, at every moment right they, they it's like someone is and for Ulrich that that's Aegon is the person that's always there and even Ulrich says it's always you you know like they say well, Aegon is like this metaphysical pawn that is just meant to if we go back to the chess uh metaphor you know that's always blocking Ulrich from accomplishing what he wants to and then for Katarina it's her mother is this you know kind of barrier that's always set in front of her to prevent her from carrying out what she wants to do and therefore you know Mickle stays in 1986 87 yeah, and, and the other thing because as you say this scene seems to show that that Adam was trying to end it by essentially erasing himself from the timeline but we've talked a lot also about whether or not this is all about going back and bringing somebody back from the dead in the sense that we go back in time and prevent whatever it was that killed them. And that seems to be what Tanhouse is doing in, yeah, in the episode here. And certainly Jonas's motivation for the longest time was to go back and save Martha and Mickle and ultimately prevent his father, who I guess if he goes back and saves Mickle, he won't grow up to be his father and then uh, you know okay he won't he won't exist (laughs) but 
interestingly, I, I, I thought about this, and I thought I was sure, and so I looked it up. In terms of a biblical reference, Martha is the brother of Lazarus. The sister? Uh, I'm sorry, the sister of Lazarus. Yes. Who Jesus, Martha of Mary. course, brings back from the dead. So I don't know if that's just an accident on the writer's part. I tend to doubt it. Doubt but, it, yeah. Right. Um, so, so we mentioned Silja a few minutes ago, and we get that scene where a future girl, and that's all we know her by at this point, is bearing that radiation suit. Bartosh comes upon her, and we know this is a setup. She introduces herself. We know she's traveled back in time. Did you notice she's wearing the same dress as Martha? I mean, it might not be the exact same dress, but it's certainly the same style. Yeah, I, I didn't really. I mean, I saw that she had on a uh, era-appropriate clothing. I didn't really notice whether it was the same as Martha's or not. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the, the exact same. I, I could be uh, wrong. That's cool, F- Fred. Uh, so whether it's the <laughs> exact same dress, but you know, then we get that. F- uh, fast forward to 1904, and she gives birth to Bartosh's son and tells the midwife his name will be Hanno, which kind of catches Bartosh a little bit off guard there. Yeah, like, wait, and, hold on. <laughs> and, and I don't then, want to do that. And then, of course, in 1910, when he comes home to find Silja uh, dead after giving birth to Agnes as, as young Hanno stands by the bed it just really struck me that it was a setup. She was sent there to meet Bartosh to, and yet they seem to have a good relationship in the little bit that we see them together. Well, right. But we, we hardly, you know, cause it's just like you said, I mean, it just makes these huge jumps and we, obviously when Hano is born, uh, there, it, I mean, it appears there's tenderness there. And of course his extremely distressed look after his super aging in six years has, you know, indicates also that this is not just a, oh, I have to go back from the future and sleep with Bartosh, but an actual, you know, relationship, husband, wife, loving relationship, though clearly strains between father and son. And then, you know, so, I mean, there's just, there's just so much there i mean so this is the the thing that you know that that gets kind of spoiled for you if if you you dove deep into that that family tree that is on eva's floor because you know you would have seen that that silja and bartosh get together and they give birth to um hano and agnes and so you're like oh well you know so you know it, it that, that's what I kind of disagree with them putting that in there because you know the, you're actually people who are who who take the extra step and really look into it like Fred does you know they get rewarded with having the plot spoiled for them and having the big reveal you know already spoiled for them so yeah I don't know. No, that's that's a really good point, and and I guess there are multiple ways to look at that. That some people, like Fred, enjoy the detective work associated with that. Sure, I, I think a lot of us. I think you and I are, are the same on this. There's enough damn detective work 
just in the surface story yeah to to, to figure things out as well and, and, and like you were uh just mentioning so now we go back to that scene in that might have even been the first time we were in 1921 when younger noah and the guy who we speculated at the time was older bartosh and of course we get confirmation so noah kills his father yeah like knowingly right right and like it's not like he like it's just some random dude like because they wished no like no one knows that's his dad yeah and it gets to the point as you watch this episode and you get these answers and these reveals from the past start to make sense they make even less sense and that you start trying to figure out okay well how did silja get from 2053 where we saw her with her band of warriors to and it's almost no don't think about it it's probably not that important well she goes back to 2020 right or 2023 or whatever yeah she's there with with adam and claudia and all that um and then you know so we just assume that then adam you know sends her back then to 19 you know 1890 whatever um and then and then i think when so so then there's the next thing when jonas kills his own mother knowingly wow there's now more of this you know parent rage going on you know we assume he did that so he can take silja and bring her to the future as opposed to just explaining to hannah that there's this giant game of chess going on and i need to move this pawn you don't mind do you yeah right right or is it the underlying aggression that that you just said that that you know i know the truth now that see does he blame her for his father's death because michael hanging himself is not really hannah's fault no it's jonas's fault jonas is the one who basically said hey dad don't kill yourself he's like wait i wasn't gonna kill yourself and then like oh i guess i gotta kill myself so i mean jonas is the one who well, and Claudia too, I guess a little bit, but they're the ones who you set that thing up. Well, right, but even if you look at it strictly from the standpoint that adult Michael knows he traveled through time from 2019 to 1986 as a child and grew up there with this terrible secret that no one would believe. And, you know, as he gets to be an adult, and and I know what you're saying. I mean, that to me, it's just enough knowing that I I could see the emotion of that might be enough to make him want to do that. But anyway. um, Well, let me just say one thing before we move on. It's just that we basically from the first time we're introduced to Adam, we, we keep asking ourselves, how does Jonas become Adam? Right, because he's just—he's not there. He's—he's—he's he's, he's not that guy. And I think here we we see more and more glimpses of of how you. First of all, the 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 sense of futility of I'm trying all this different stuff, but nothing works. And then Noah says, basically, well, it's not going to work. You can't die. You know, you're going to keep living until you become Adam. So stop trying. 
So that you know, sense of inevitability that goes with it. Um, and now this just he murders, he literally murders his own mother. Yeah, you know, again, and why? You know, we we we're not one hundred percent sure of his motives for that. Like you said, is it because of some deep seated kind of even super effed up Oedipal complex, or is it because he just simply needs to get Silja to the future and he can't have Hannah following her around, or you know what is it? But either way, that that act in itself is a big step towards him becoming. The, the ruthless Adam who can put the woman he loves, the woman who, well, I guess it wasn't him who impregnated her, but, you know, and, and, and kill her by via God particle. Yeah, you know, and I'm glad you mentioned that idea about futility because the other thing that, that strikes me is that we we've got this overreaching thematic idea of the seeming futility of life hanging over everything throughout all three seasons that no matter what i do of course is you know mostly seen in jonas no matter what i do nothing changes and i you know we go back to the whole german existentialism and and certainly that's that's a big part of it but uh speaking about futility and working on cars which i'm sure you've done in the past not so Mm -hmm. much now they're too darn complicated for (laughs) the layman to work on but 1911 bartosh is working on a car did you notice it's a chevrolet oh i did not notice that at first i thought oh the french but no chevrolet was an american company that started in 1911 by uh by the way but uh and that's when hannah and her daughter walk up and he recognizes the young girl as silja of course because she bears that scar and i love his reaction which is kind of a non-reaction because he's probably thinking dude time travel yeah and if we wonder why he's not surprised i i guess that's his answer as opposed to that he's descended into this deep depression, which I'm sure he has been depressed, but he's also got two children to raise. Yeah. And, and which he doesn't. So, you know, I mean, again, that's, that's a thing. Well, right now, again, maybe that's answered in the next episode, but what we don't get is, is what happens when we see young Noah and young Agnes, they're effectively being raised by the lady who has like the boarding home or whatever. So, right. and, and Bartosh is, is nowhere in the scene. So, you know, what happened there? You know, and and then of course, and we get the, the, it builds up to the moment that now we, we see, and then it's just like from this little reveal, right. That, that Hano is Bartosh and Silge's child. Well now, like I said, I mean, Oh my God, he killed his own dad. Like, did he do, do that because he didn't know he would know he knew it was his dad. So and again, that's like the same thing. Like the, the uh, what I like about dark is all these kind of like parallel reflective type things going on. You know, we have Jonas killing his mother in cold blood knowingly. And then it reflects back to when Hano slash Noah killed his own father knowingly. And with a pickaxe too, man, like, Ah, dude, that is some that's some rage going on there, you know. And it almost seems more brutal 
in retrospect, knowing yeah. what we know now. Yeah. I mean, it seemed pretty damn brutal at the time. It was but... brutal at the time, but yeah, you're right. Absolutely, it's more brutal now. Now, Hannah introduces Silja to Adam as his sister, so I guess she's actually his half-sister. How did you find us? Oh, an old woman showed up at my door, Eva. So we don't know necessarily when Eva confronted hannah because we know hannah had the uh, samsonite time travel device so we don't know where she went or did eva get to her before she left 1953 again it doesn't really matter that, that's you know what matters is hannah confronting jonas and she's happy because eva lied to her and said oh you know you need to go see your son he needs you no he doesn't yeah <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we see that in the bedroom scene, as you you point right, out. Right. Well, it's all it, my fault. One thing uh, to just say: it, it seems like Sylvia was raised in the fifties because of how she's dressed when um, Hannah arrives. Right now, now the other thing, uh, Adam tells Bartosh to get a room ready. Doesn't he know they're coming? Right. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, it's it's time travel. Yeah. Hasn't he? hasn't he but then again we're kind of led to believe this is the third and final cycle and we're doing things a little bit differently this time because we need a different result so maybe he didn't know they were coming right well regardless you know that is that part of uh, i thought i had this for you a second ago but now that's so sure because you know it, it comes back to this idea of the the cycle and and what their ultimate goals are here is that play into why Jonas uh, killed his mother. Now Bartosh brings dark coat Martha, who doesn't doesn't yet have the the big scar, to Eva's post apocalypse office with the mm. sand and the burned painting. And, and you mentioned the sand. I guess the the thing that I thought about, and again, this doesn't really matter. How did all the sand get in there? Yet the walls seem fairly intact, and everything else seems okay. But again, I'm not. I'm not going to worry about that. I, I think you are right. It, it probably is sand. But he tells her that they're the only ones who'll save us. They are the light. And then, of course, Eva comes into the room, and, and whether it's a scene that's repeating itself or we're seeing it with new eyes, I'm not sure. But then Eva pulls out the knife and slashes Martha a memento. Yeah. So you never forget which side you're on. <laughs> like, dude. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, a little memory jog device might, <laughs> well, might well, have but that's, as well. That's her thing, though, right? She, everything needs to happen as it happened before. So while she stood there in front of her older self, and her older self quite surprisingly slashed her in the face with a knife, so it's got to happen again. And interestingly, as we speculated, well, how did she get that big scar? She gave it to herself, so to speak. Um, now, speaking of similar kind of situations, the whole journey of Noah and Elizabeth is fascinating. Maybe my favorite part of this episode, but even that, I'm not necessarily willing to go out on a limb and say that. But 1974, Tanhouse is working on this device in the bunker that we were talking about a while ago and and the fact that it appears to be a different bunker and you know the the whole voiceover 
as he's you know, going to the bunker, talks about overlapping realities, bringing back the dead through what amounts to time travel. And, and, you know, we said that. And this device that he's building there, I guess we're supposed to assume this is the alternate world because this is certainly a device we've never seen before. And we know in the prime world's bunker, the device was more of that uh, of a chair with the little things that would go around the head and all of that but um, this is a pretty imposing device that that we see him building mm-hmm. and, and again i like the the time-lapse photography scene where we see him bringing in all the different supplies that he's going to need but that's uh, pretty intense yeah. and, and well and then when he's done he's way much older than he was when he started right right well you know we we do see him as 1986 Tannhaus, the Tannhaus that we know because we saw him in 86 and we'd seen him in, in 1953 as a younger man. But then in, in 2021, we get the exterior shot of the cave mouth and then we go inside and there's young Noah and Elizabeth working on clearing the passage rock by rock. Mm. And that recurring conversation that they have where she asks him, tell me about paradise and I, I think it's really touching that he's learned sign language yeah. at least enough to be able to communicate with her sure. in in a fairly short period of time now the skeptic might say or or, or the pessimist well you, you know he, he knew he was going to eventually have to you know right uh, meet her and be with her so he already learned okay whatever i guess well and also it's this notion of paradise so we see ellie has in the future as well right she she's always saying how you know we're working for this paradise and the more and more she has noah repeat this because we at least twice she has noah repeat the story for her and it seems to be more and more just that, you know, talking about Paris. Oh, it's this wonderful place. All your, every, no one is dead there. Everyone's alive. Everyone's happy. And, and when he's young, it, it, it seems more, but when they're older and he does it, I just, maybe because we're just so used to seeing Noah as the bad guy and everything that, and that, it, it just seems like this time when he does it, it's like, he's just going through the the motions of telling a story that even he doesn't necessarily believe anymore, but that she fervently believes in. Right. And that whole idea that it will be free of pain and sorrow, pain will be erased. You know, as you mentioned, all the dead live still, what is it? Is it an actual place? Is it a parallel reality that we have yet to see that everything is sorted out? And that, you know, you, you mentioned the use of the term endgame last week. Is that the endgame here? Uh, I don't know, but we jumped to 2040. Oh, just, or is it yeah. just this, like, little carrot that Adam dangles in front of these people to get them to do what he wants them to do, you know? like the, Oh, would he do that? Yeah, I think he might, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, like to to justify. I mean, Noah's able to, in some sense, justify everything he's done. He's done some pretty messed up stuff um, because he's saying, "Well, I'm working for this paradise. You know, I'm going to create this 
this this uh, this wonderful thing that's going to be the result of of all this s- stuff. So if you gotta, you know, you gotta break a couple eggs and make it omelet kind of attitude. And you know, in 2040, where they're inside the destroyed power plant, uh, again, we know eventually they will get the God particle to stabilize. But at this point, they're still experimenting, and, and Claudia's running a test. Adult Jonas is there. Older Noah is there, and, and he asks Jonas, "Why do you trust Claudia?" And, and Jonas tells him flat out that there is no paradise. The portal will work. Everything repeats itself. If I travel back, I know I can change everything. And again, you you mentioned earlier in the discussion about the progression of Jonas turning into Adam, and it's something that he's fully aware of because he he tells Noah. I'm not turning into Adam. And of course we're thinking like, no dude, you are. Yeah, you totally are. Yeah. And Noah says, she said that not all that's here should exist here. And of course we, we know it's all about the chess pieces that need to be placed in the proper time period. And then of course, pregnant Elizabeth comes in and signals for them to follow her. And, you know, I'd mention at the time when younger Noah takes young Elizabeth under his wing. And and we said at some point, you know, 10 years or so is going to have to elapse before, well, hopefully 10 years or so is going to have to elapse before they have sex. And and she ultimately gives birth to Charlotte. And and that's certainly what seems to happen. I mean, it's it's 2040 now, so close to 20 years has elapsed, elapsed. And then we jump to 2041, and they're in the woods. And again, tell me about paradise. And, you know, of course, he gives her the company line of uh, pain and suffering Mm -hmm. won't exist. But then we see future Elizabeth that we're used to seeing with the headband and Charlotte come into the room and pick up the baby. Uh, I love it. Yeah. Charlotte kidnaps herself. Yeah. Yeah. And and Ellie does this knowing... Like, like what this will do to her younger self. Yeah, right. that's the and thing that then, really bends me. I'm like, oh my god, because she experienced that 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 absolute grief and anguish and pain, and she's now going to do it to herself. Right, and of course, it leads Noah to attack Jonas, thinking he had something to do with it, and starts choking Jonas. And I'm thinking, like, all right. Well, he did have when something to do with it, kind of technically, which is not yet. Well, he, well, he kind of did, but the whole idea that that we saw older Elizabeth order Jonas to be hanged, and then of course she shoots him down, but but he bears the scars. Then we see Jonas try to hang himself over the rafters, and younger Noah comes and cuts him down, and now here he's Noah again. You know this whole idea that he he's having the life choked out of him mm-hmm. yeah time after time right, right. i don't know what it means but i can't believe it's an accident and, and no it's that's a motif for sure so, but yeah what it means not not entirely sure yeah um so noah returns finds a despondent elizabeth and, and it, it got gets me to thinking at what point in her life does elizabeth learn the truth about what happened to her baby i suppose on one level it might be a comfort if she learns you 
and your baby kidnapped your baby. <laughs> and everything's going to be okay. You just got to you know, live out your life and you, know, you will be reconnected. Okay. So what a terrible thing to have to live with amidst everything else that you've got to live with. Yeah, right, right. It just goes back to that that whole futility that no matter what I do, no matter what I I try to build, something happens to just crush me and and force me to yeah, I, start over. And honestly, if if Adam is trying to create a place and avoid all this pain and suffering, he should just say, "Hey, how about we not do all the terrible things that have happened in this cycle? Let's how about this time around we just won't do any of that stuff." Let's see how that works out. You know, maybe we'll still be the apocalypse, sure, but maybe we'll be a lot less miserable when it happens. Right. And, you know, you already mentioned the scene in which Adam smothers his mother as Silja sleeps in the in the uh, bed next to her and, and, in fact, says Silja isn't right here. And, of course, we know what he's getting at. And, you know, you mentioned the, you know, the, the killing of the parent and, Again, it, it kind of harkens back to Tronte smothering Regina, you know, fa- father-daughter. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's right, because, right, it, it's it's kind of working the other way, because what we've seen previously was a parent killing the child, right? Tronte killing Regina right. and um, Helena killing Katerina. Yeah. And now we have kids killing the parents. Yeah. And he tells Silja that I want to show you a secret carries her out. And we know he sends her to 2040 or so because, you know, just of the, the age thing and and how old we see her in 2053. But, uh, and then we get that great scene where we're in 1920 again, Noah enters the tavern. The woman behind the bar seems to recognize noah as he comes through now as you said she seemingly has been the one to raise young noah and our young hano and agnes so maybe it's that kind of recognition but again i love when the two noahs see each other so Mm -hmm. yeah you know this is the the first time so it's not that it's not a knowing look but it is certainly we there does seem to be a sense of recognition in Hannah's face when he looks at his older self right now Jonas and Claudia obviously are a big part of this episode and we see 2024 Jonas is in a yellow hazmat suit fires up the god particle so we know they've been working on it for four years without much success and again we keep talking about well how does he get to be Adam well, four years of frustration and you know, probably deferring to Claudia on these experiments, you know, he, he just walks away disgusted. And she's like, we can start a new series of experiments tomorrow, but he's losing faith in a hurry. And he says, I can't do this anymore. Then we go back to 2023. So one of the things about this episode is we're, we're all over the place with individual mm-hmm. storylines and yeah yeah definitely and 2023 is three years after the apocalypse 
dilapidated Conwald home. And that's when Jonas enters. And of course, that's when the scene takes place where he tries to hang himself and, and younger Noah comes in. You know, that whole idea as they converse that the apocalypse must happen so that we can be saved. Uh, okay. And, and then that detail, because your older self already exists, time won't allow you to kill yourself. So, again, it gets me to thinking, well, are there any other characters that have been killed whose older selves already existed? And I guess not. Or or did he mean specifically, you can't kill yourself because your older self, somebody else could kill you, but I don't even think that. No, they couldn't. Right. Right. That's right. I think he, he's saying that you you can't because you're becoming Adam is an inevitability, right. and so anything that attempts to thwart that will not see succeed. Right. And we we get that orienting shot as Jonas goes into the house, which is is really dilapidated at this point, and we see that photo that we've seen so many times before of hannah michael jonas and then of course uh, we know that uh, enes is torn out of the photo so we know that this is the prime world the camera goes to the blood spot on the floor where he had seen martha shot by adam earlier so so we get some orientation here which always well i, I get exactly what's running through his head at that point too he's like Man, we should really get some new flooring in this place. Yeah. <laughs> um, but again, maybe a nice laminate. But <laughs> I, I think the writers have to know that occasionally we need an orientating shot, and 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 they give us that. Yeah. And then we get that conversation between the two Claudias. He still doesn't suspect anything. No, he has no idea that you or the other world exists. And and of course, again, they're playing this mind game with each other and claudia prime pulls out a gun and shoots her counterpart in the forehead takes the brass orb and then it appears that she's now impersonating yes alternate claudia which then leaves to the question does eva not know that because there's a brief glimmer when when claudia prime now posing as alternate claudia goes and meets eva and eva says what Claudia's not coming with you nah nah she had to not forget what she says had to watch jonas or something and there's this momentary spark where you you see eva maybe suspects something but i i guess not so you know she rolls up those plans and says give them to claudia so that she can give them the tan house and we assume these are the plans that we saw back in season one the the plans for the prime world time travel device right Uh, i I, you know the the little ones that are carried around in suitcases so i guess right um you know you get a sense here of of claudia being kind of the the an x factor now and she says adam and eva they don't know what's what really needs to be done yeah, they're but they're both wrong, basically. And she says she's going to find the true path. You know what what exactly that means? 
I don't know, but I tend to kind of agree with her. I'm like, yeah, I mean, obviously what Ava and, and Adam, you know, Ava, who just wants to preserve the world so people continue to live. And then Adam, who is trying to preserve things so because he can play his, make his big, uh, you know, coup de gras at the end that doesn't work out. So, yeah, like both of them are just, you know, preserving this timeline, which the apocalypse continues to happen. All the people that they try are trying to save keep dying. Is Claudia the puppet master controlling both Adam and Eva? Or the ghost in the machine. Or the ghost in the machine. Nice reference. I love it. Yeah. Um, because old Claudia tells adult Jonas that the matter can finally be stabilized, but everything has to happen exactly the same way. You have to set your younger self on the same path. Again, we understand that because we go back to when the stranger meets Jonas and, and starts to explain things. Set the course no matter how difficult it may seem. And, and what strikes me there is that Martha has to die again. I think of all the painful things that Jonas has endured, that might be the most painful. I mean, it's certainly the, the death of his father it was sure. painful and, and, and stays with him. I understand that. But she says, you'll succeed this time. And then takes the Samsonite case tells him don't ever lose hope and then tears out the final pages tucks them into her coat and again we we've seen that scene before and i i made a screenshot of the pages and of course i don't speak german and i don't know <laughs> what the significance I, I mean i think when we see noah's reaction in that scene again that we'd seen earlier with Adam and he's, he's looking at the pages and he says something about Charlotte. So I don't know if it indicates that, you know, that, that Elizabeth is Charlotte's mother and daughter. And, and of course we know now that Noah's involvement in that triangle. So I don't know if that's one of the things that's on these pages or not, but I don't know. Yeah, whatever it is, it certainly, Got Noah upset enough that he tries to kill Adam and ends up dying himself. All right. Now, I guess one of the other big things in this episode is that Adam makes his move finally. And, and you know, we see him standing before the Rubens painting when adult Noah walks in. I was wondering when you'd come. And, uh, <laughs> of course, Adam is trying to blame everything on Claudia for lying to all of us. And, and of course, at this point, we're all just shaking our heads. It's like, shut up. Yeah. Um, you have to try Keto with you. And of course, the whole question about the missing pages gives him a new book, tells him everything happens in cycle. This is going to be your last, uh, and then you'll find your paradise. Okay. Again, we saw the beginning of that scene when, when he's got Martha strapped in the chair. She's screaming as the God particle stabilizes, and then she just disappears, as does the God particle. And at first, he seems relieved or satisfied as if, ah, oh, it worked. And then he looks at his heavily gloved hands. This can't be. I, I mean, I don't understand exactly what he thought would happen. Well, I, I, I assume, what, what my assumption is that he looks at his hands and says, this can't be, as in, I, I shouldn't exist anymore. Nothing should exist. I shouldn't be able to look at my hands. Now, I, I'm sure that 
Ash versus the Evil Dead was not a, an influence on the writing of this show, but that's when Ash would find himself in like alternate realities and stuff. He could tell because he'd look and he had two good hands. Whereas if you remember from Evil Dead 2, he actually cut off his one hand. So that, you know, funnily enough, that's the vibe I got from that. Like Ash looking at his hands. But obviously that's, I don't think that is at all what the deal is. I think it's just the, um, the shock that he's still here, that his evil plan did not work. So does that go back to what younger Noah tells younger Jonas that this was just another attempt on your part to kill yourself? And granted, there may not be an older version that exists, but for whatever reason, again, another of life's futilities that, no, you you failed again. And so you're you're back to step one maybe not step one but certainly back to the beginning yeah well it it just again reaffirms that you can't change things that you just keep making the things happen that have already happened and that this is a cycle and it cannot be broken and you know because his big plan was that let's make sure everything happens so I can get Marta here and then I'll kill her and her child and then no one can exist. Like basically all the people that I know that are involved with this can no longer exist. I can no longer exist because my source is my great-great-grandfather or something like that, right? Okay. And then he's still there. and You know, you just... I would, I would like they just looked at his hands and just been like, nah, shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, the the last thing that I want to bring up, and then, of course, you know, anything you want to mention as well, is, is Tanhouse. And I guess my greatest fear with Tanhouse and, you know, the overarching story of Dark revolves around this tan house that we see in this episode and this time travel device that he's building in his bunker because here to four we've pretty much seen the little suitcase size time travel devices and they're pretty imposing in and of themselves and we we've seen the chair in the other bunker mm-hmm. and it gets me to thinking all right well let's look at the multiverse that we're dealing with here has it always been here or is this sort of a deal like the the show counterpart where the multiverse was created as some sort of an accident and at a a certain point in time there was a split and now we've got these two parallel universes so i you know he's got that whole mad scientist vibe going starting in that in, in 1974 so i'm wondering and, and i have not watched the final episode yet so and i have i've managed to say spoiler free which is freaking amazing given <laughs> you know the, well that's I'm, yeah that's why we wrap this up so uh, you know so yeah. we can try to avoid that and I, i've given googling dark so <laughs> um but I, I guess i'm thinking well if if that's what in fact happens and i i, I don't know then 
the alternate world would actually be the prime world because if it is caused by some sort of a disaster caused by Tanhouse, then the world that we are introduced to in season one would be the alternate world. All right, so I'm just going to throw that out there. Well, that's why I feel like it's neither. That okay. it is a and, – and also at the beginning when they're talking about – alternate worlds there's actually three boxes i believe pop up at the beginning i just oh you're really right sh- you're right yeah but but then so, we do have the split timeline in what we've been calling the prime world where in one martha takes jonas with her and the other he hides in the basement so i guess we were looking at those as two and then the alternate world as the third right so. true but you know the the bunker that tan house is in existed before that split occur- i don't know it just it the second time i watch it i'm looking at him like you know what i that i feel like that bunker is a completely different bunker but it's supposed to be that i well i guess it doesn't have to be though you know how many bunkers do they have in germany you know i mean i'm sure yeah, i mean you know, there was a war for quite a few years there, so they, there could be loads of them. But I just really felt like it was supposed to be the same bunker, but clearly different, like a, a third one. Okay. Um, and, and to, to respond to your- the second one, because the last episode, we saw like Alt-Ellie and Alt-Noah going down into the, the Alt-Bunker. Well, well, to respond to your- point about how many bunkers are there in germany Uh, obviously a lot of people built bunkers and probably the military built some during the second world war but it didn't take very long for the cold war to get underway in the 50s so maybe people in germany it's like these crazy americans and russians uh, we better keep these bunkers just in case yeah yeah so anyway um so what else did you want to bring up that we haven't talked about Notable by their absence are our three cleft lip gentlemen. Um, and is that because they're being destroyed? By Adam's yeah, by Adam. getting rid of Martha. Marta, right? Okay. That makes sense. I, um, I don't know. I just noticed how – and I don't know. I, I, I'm sh- I know there's other episodes that they haven't been in, but it just is notable from last week where – or last week – last episode where they were so prominent to not being in it at all this this episode oh that's good i like because my first reaction was looking at adam thinking he expected himself to disappear but but yeah i like that all right good what else you got that was good the best line when uh i think uh bartosh says it sometimes i think the rain will never end yeah and no in, kidding and wind in that is accurate. Yeah, no kidding. I, I think that that might be it. You know, I, I just I'm, I'm feeling a bit more comfortable with the uncertainty now. You know, like I, I feel like, I, like I said, I, I, I'm starting to kind of agree with Claudia here that the the way for resolution to occur, or the, or the way for these characters to be saved is got to be like a third like plan c you know because ava and adam's plans both are just are not basically not getting the job done so if claudia thinks she knows a better way that's different from either of those then that's how that everyone can be saved though i i doubt that this paradise that 
Ellie and Noah talked about. I, I feel like that that is, well, first of all, obviously a kind of a commentary on religion in general, but also just like a story that um, Ellie needs to kind of keep going and Noah needs to, to justify what he does. Uh, and so I don't think that's what we're, I don't think at the end it's just going to be a bunch of people gathering hands in a circle singing Kumbaya or something. They could get everybody together in a church and have right. them sitting in the pews as yeah. we try to figure out. Uh, God, Wait a no, no, stop. <laughs> we told you, I told you that that was not allowed anymore, Dave. You just okay. went and broke, you broke the L rule. Okay. All right, so let's go ahead and get some listener feedback. And we heard from Adam. No, not that Adam. Not that one. <laughs> who says, I listened to your latest podcast about episode five, and I haven't seen episode six yet, so my understanding of the knot may be proven wrong. Let me just take this opportunity. Since Wayne and I are recording twice a week and we're releasing twice a week, sometimes some of the feedback that listeners send in doesn't go in the episode that they thought it would go in. I mean, So basically, when we get feedback, we're reading it in the next episode that we record because we'll have this episode which won't release until friday and we're recording it on a monday so he says adam wants to not broken eva wants to keep it intact my understanding is adam and jonas both want to break the time loop meaning break the knot the difference is adam understands that if the knot is broken most of the people won't exist breaking the knot will mean jonas and martha will not have their child who will have agnes and noah that means Agnes won't have Tronta, so no Ulrich, Martha, Mickle, or Jonas, and perhaps Regina. And with no Noah, no Charlotte. And with Noah, no Charlotte, Elizabeth, so most of the main characters will never be born. I believe Eva feels the only way for them to exist is to keep the loop intact. Kind of makes sense, you know? Yep. That Yeah, and I, I, and I know I, I did say something to that effect, during, and that was probably because um, I had read Adam's email, so I should credit Adam with anything I said in the, the previous podcast that echoes that. It, I, it's probably just, you know, I saying what Adam said. Um, but yeah, that does sound, yeah, very, very plausible. So Adam, thank you. And let's hear what Fred's got for us this week, and we'll be right back. Hello, Dave and Wayne, and all listeners to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for Dark, Season 3, Episode 7. I just listened to your podcast about Episode 5, and want to come back to that. First off, some additional feedback on the Charlotte Watch. When H.G. Tannhouse tells young Charlotte how she came to him and he gives her the watch, that is exactly the same watch as Elizabeth has later, and she got it from Noah. So that's a little strange, how did Noah get it, if it was in possession of H.E. Townhouse. Furthermore, all pedigrees don't show H.E. Townhouse's son, who died in the car accident, and doesn't show his granddaughter that is lost. Which role will this granddaughter play, if she pops up? And now we also know how Charlotte got her name, just by the name in the watch. And I conclude that the difference between Heinrich Tannhaus's watch and Elizabeth's watch is not a continuity error. Because in this season 3, we see both watches. So we see it when Tannhaus shows it to Charlotte. But we also see in episode 3, the old watch of Heinrich Tannhaus. So it's not something lost between season 1 and 3 by a silly production assistant. And they made it just a new one. They are both in season 3. 
Okay, some more watch analysis. The watch in season one, episode four, where young Elizabeth shows the watch that she got from Noah to her mother. And the watch Elizabeth looks at in the rain outside the power plant is the same, same font, same engraved numbers. But interesting is that on the outside there is a monogram and K and a B. And I thought of K and B and the only B's I know is Bernd Doppler and Benny. And the K's I know is Killian. But on the other hand, K also can stand for Kahnwald. And I don't know any Kahnwald with a B, but perhaps is that the child of Martha and Jonas Kahnwald. So the infinity sign. And that could be the reason why it's so important. And also Eva wants it. These watches really drive me crazy. I did an additional analysis and from that I have the idea that there are continuity errors. So what I did, I compared the watch that Gustav Tannhaus has when he is blind and in his carriage and gets the cleft lip trio as a visitor. He has the watch in his hand and the Ariadna play. Strange, by the way, what the blind guy does with a written play and a watch. A normal watch, not a special one for blind people. We assume that it is his father's watch, but doesn't matter. If you look at that watch, and that is the watch the Cleft Lab Trio bring to Alt Eva, that the engravement there on the outside looks really like Elizabeth's watch. On the other hand, Elizabeth's watch is much cleaner, and the Gustav Tannhaus watch has more metal blobs on the outside, and so they are quite similar on the outside, but are not the same again. What I even did is take the screenshots of these two watches and put them in negative, so reverse them, and then it's even clearer that it's not the same. And they both have this KB or BK monogram in it. And if these are continuity errors, I'm quite angry at the producers of Dark, because they know we will watch, and we will analyze this and overanalyze this, and then continuity errors are the worst thing you can do to your audience. And have a look at the Facebook page, because I put the pictures about this over there. And one episode to go. I'm very worried we won't get an explanation about all of this. Dave, you were wondering why Peter and young Elizabeth were living in this trailer. And you said it was the trailer of his brother. Well, Benny was the brother of Wellar. So the guy who lost his eye and in the old universe his arm. And Benny is not Peter's brother. Benny is Peter's love interest. But you could be right, it perhaps is closer to the power plant. And that's the reason why they are living there. One other thing you said, Dave, is referring to that young Charlotte is visiting Tannhaus in his watchmaker's shop. Uh, I don't think she is visiting. She's living with him. He is raising her. He talks to her as a father. And I think that because this watch and the name Charlotte in it, he named her Charlotte. I have a strong impression this Charlotte is just a Tannhaus regular family name. So the old Henrich Tannhaus back in 1822 with his blind son in the carriage and you look at the watch there for Charlotte. It's, it's just probably Gustav's mother, Henrich's wife. So it's just a recurring family name. And another reason why I think that is because A.G. Tannhaus's son and daughter-in-law and the baby were in a car accident. And although the baby was never found, in this episode, so episode 7, we see that on the grave there is the name Charlotte Tannhaus. And that's even before the baby in the bundle is brought to him. So he already had a granddaughter, Charlotte. Then he gets a bundle with a child in it and a watch in it, which says, for Charlotte. And he names that girl Charlotte. Uh, what about mind-blowing, mind-bending? It's dark. 
But still, I think it's just a recurring family name. One last remark about episode 5. I would love to see Helene Albers being confronted with alt-world Katerina. I think she can be put in the asylum where she works. Okay, let's go into episode 7. A horrible episode with all these dates in it, all these years in it. But it's called in between, so we get all kinds of dates in between. One of the things I don't understand is, well, I do understand that Heiji Tanhouse tries to do something with time travel to get his son and his granddaughter back, etc. But he is building a kind of time machine also, again in a bunker. Then is that the bunker we know? The door of the bunker opens in a different way. Instead of from the side, it goes to the top. Why that? Again, a continuity error, a prop master that is going to do whatever. I don't think so. What is a little disturbing is that this machine doesn't come back anymore. It just shows that A.G. Tannhouse is also experimenting with making time machines just other than the suitcase small ones. I don't understand why he's actually developing this thing, because he did develop the smaller ones. I had some problems with this episode because the pace of the history is just too fast. Really like, okay, we have to finish this up and show everybody what happened in all these years in between just very quickly. One amazing thing is that Adam sends, obviously, Celia back to 1888 and we see her hiding that hazmat suit and then she meets Bartois and yeah... I'm really amazed that she takes this task, going to 1888, and meet Bartos, get two children, Hanno Tauber and Agnes Nielsen, and then dies at the birth of Agnes. Going to 1888 is not the best thing for your health. And although this Celia dies in the Prime Universe, we also have a Celia in 2053 in the Prime Universe. The ones that says to Jonas, welcome to the future. It's obviously dark. Greetings, all the best, Fred from the Netherlands. And I will have to put the rest of my feedback for episode 7 in my episode 8 feedback. One last funny thing. When I reported to Dave and Wayne the mistake by uploading the wrong file, that was a few minutes after 1 a.m. your time, for me 7 a.m. And indeed, Wayne, I was amazed that I saw that you saw my message at that time. But yeah, watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., something like that can happen. All right, well, one of the things Fred asks is about the Tanhouse building the time machine in this episode. Does it lead to something? And, and as I said in the discussion, on the one hand, it would be kind of cool if there's this big disaster. I know that sounds terrible that... I think it would be cool to have a disaster that then creates these parallel worlds. But why is he building it in the first place, Fred asks. And I, I wonder if that's what its purpose is because of, of the time machines that we've seen. As I said, this one is really freaking imposing. And, you know, whether he's built the smaller ones yet or not as fred asks i i guess i would say this tan house doesn't build the smaller ones uh i guess yeah i mean this tan house i assume is in the alternate world and his plans are different than the tan house that we see in the prime world that builds the machines that we're used to seeing so uh you know whether this is another bunker as i said the door opens differently it's hinged differently 
but it just seems to be different on the inside. I, I can't really pinpoint it. I, I didn't, you know, do screenshots or anything right. like that, but I did do shots because I was so confusing. <laughs> but uh, if I had a symbol, um, yeah. But yeah, other other than that, I'm just not sure. And you know, we we talked about Future Girl, and I, I guess it's just. I mean, we know she time travels several times in the course of this episode. I don't, I'm not going to speculate which year she went to. And, you know, I, I, at this point, I don't think that's as important. So anyway, yeah. anything else? I don't think so. Seems okay. like Fred's still, still working on this watch issue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and again, I, I, know what he's saying in that you know the prop master didn't lose the watch because you know it it still appears but i i just i don't know you know on the one hand i'm rooting for a continuity error on the other hand if you're doing this what does it mean yeah yeah i I don't think it's a continuity error i i didn't mean for for fred to do all this work because of a uh, facetious comment that I made, but basically it was just, I was joking about the prop master, uh, messing up with the watches. Uh, I, I, I definitely think they're different watches, but yeah, exactly. Your question is what does it mean? Uh, except for just maybe this recurring, you know, motif of, of, of time and how time, even though they're different watches, they, they, it, at least in some way are, you know, repeating themselves. Well, you know. the interesting thing, we, we see that shot towards the beginning of this episode in Tan House's workshop, and there's all these different clocks, and they all read a different time. Right. And at, at first, the two that are next to each other, I forget what the time is on both of them, but it was relatively close, like maybe 20 or 30 minutes apart. But then you look at the other clocks in that camera shot and, and they're all over the place. So yeah, like you said, is it just a, a time motif reference? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you know, you wonder what Baron Bo Odar and Yante Frisia are anticipating happening. Do they anticipate a viewer like Fred who is going to break everything down like that and examine it in excruciating detail yeah well i don't think he's he's alone like i'm they they should and and nowadays especially with you know it's on netflix so i can stop it i can rewind it i can freeze it you know i can i can enlarge it i can take screenshots like so that that stuff's gonna happen all right anything else Uh, i don't think so okay you know, I'm going solid A with this one for a lot of reasons, one of which is that I loved those gigantic year uh, graphics and, and the way they would do the little flip thing and uh, go backwards if they were, you know, in a year and then they were going back or go forward. I, I just loved that. But yeah, that aside, I, I just, I liked so many of the connections that we had basically shown to us which then makes so many so uh scenes from the past so meaningful which is why the montage in in this episode was mm-hmm. so great because yeah, they yeah, were yeah. all all flashbacks to scenes that we've already seen right right 
but now just so much more meaningful. Yeah, exactly. And that's like when this is all said and done, you know, am I going to go back and watch the whole thing over again? Maybe. It'll be about my fourth time watching Dark this summer, but I might do that um, just to go back and, and see. Okay, you know, just like we did with season two, you went, you go back and watch season one after having watched season two, and now you see a bunch of things completely differently. Um, I think that's going to be the case uh, as well, that after we watch episode eight, that to, that's going to put a lot of things that happened earlier in a completely different perspective. And it also you know, makes me want to go back and watch that show that has four letters in its title, um, <laughs> but, I'm, but I'm not allowed to say the word. Now, the, the last thing I want to say before we close out is I, I put up that Facebook poll in, in the group about how you guys watch Dark, and I, I didn't notice until maybe an hour after I'd put it up there that that I, I worded the question how do you watch the series when i really meant season three now on the one hand i i suppose people are answering it the same whether it's for season three or for the series but the way they're worded it would imply are you going back and doing a complete rewatch the way you know you did in anticipation of season three and you can't edit a facebook poll and at that point, enough people had voted. I didn't want to take it down and, and fix it. So still some, some really interesting responses. And, and, you know, down the road, we'll have to talk about that a little bit. Yeah, sure. So, all right. Well, good discussion, as always. And that will do it for this episode of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. I want to thank you guys for joining us. Love to hear what you think about Dark. Uh, obviously, the series finale is on the horizon. Join the Facebook group if you haven't already. Emails can go to sci-fi TV rewatch at gmail.com. We'll be back next time to discuss the dark series finale titled The Paradise. But until then... Yo, Dave, this is larger than we are. Larger than the apocalypse. That's what she said.